Hello, I'm Steph McGovern. Welcome to another episode of Let's Make the New Now, brought to you by Royal Bank of Scotland. Now, in this episode, our fourth and final of the series, we're talking about the question on everyone's lips since lockdown. Is working from home the future? Because back in March, it was suddenly in the blink of an eye, people's couches and bedrooms became their offices. And let's face it, six months later, most people are still there. So we want to talk about whether this will continue and what the pros and cons are of this. We've got two very different views on this. Uh, first up, let's talk to the founder and executive chairman of Ventral Media Group, Ross Williams. Hi, Ross. Hello, Seth. So, Ross, can you tell me, first of all, a little bit about what Ventro does? Ventro Media Group is the company behind White Label Dating. And White Label is a software platform powering thousands of online dating sites around the world. So we're the guys behind many, many popular dating sites. Uh, we're the virtual cupids of the world. I love the idea of virtual cupids, because actually, that's how you met your partner as well, isn't it? On one of your sites? It was. I met my, uh, my wife online, and uh, we're now expecting our third child. So online dating definitely really does work. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I love that you're a, a live example of it. Um, so tell me about what happened then with the pandemic, because obviously with dating, nobody could meet up physically, so everything was happening online, wasn't it? What did it mean for your business? For our business, when lockdown began, there were, there were two key things we needed uh, to do. The first was protecting our staff and helping them all work remotely. The second was helping our customers learn how to date online and use tools for video and things like that. Now, actually, for our business, we've grown hugely during lockdown. Um, our revenues are up two-thirds, 66% since March of this year. And actually, in the USA, our business has more than doubled since March. So much like Zoom has grown and Google Hangouts and these other tools have grown massively in lockdown, uh, we have fortunately been a beneficiary of, uh, of all of this. Yeah, it sounds like it from those stats. So what's it meant from an actual you know, day-to-day -day business point of view when you've got growth like that? Because our team are now working remotely. They're not spending an hour or two commuting to offices, so they've got more time. Um, we are also heavily cloud-based. So as a technology business, uh, when demand increased, we could increase our supply of services, our hosting, things like that. So we've scaled without, without a hitch so far. And, and tell me, how has it changed in terms of the proportion of people who were working from home before the pandemic to, to now? Since lockdown began, um, all of our staff went to full remote working. Uh, prior to that, we had a few people that were working remotely and we used the right tools that enabled us to have these remote workers. But actually, very quickly, we've realised our business works better as a remote business because it forces us to communicate more effectively and have better processes internally so that we could manage the business. So an example, every morning at nine o'clock, we have a company stand up and everyone joins that using Google Hangouts. And, you know, we spend five, 10 minutes saying this is what we're doing today. And we do the same at the end of the day at four o'clock. And then during the day, our teams join a team hangout. So they're there, they have their video cameras running and they can talk to each other as if they were in the office. Mm. Now, I really think that's been vital for us because it's helped us maintain our culture 
uh, and the sense of being part of a team, which can be lost so easily if you're just working at home in isolation. Yeah, communication's key. Um, what about in terms of like actually getting suddenly everyone working from home? Were there any stumbling blocks with technology? Because obviously lots of people are grappling with systems they might not have used before and that can cause problems. There's definitely a bit of a learning curve for the non-technical people within our business. Obviously our developers, programmers, they're all very used to it. Um, some of our team who are customer care or account managers took them a week or so. But no, we're, we're running really, really slick now. And actually, although we allow people to go back to the offices if they want to, uh, the vast majority prefer working from home. Obviously, some staff, if they're living in house shares and things like that, they may want to go to the office. And actually, in the heat wave in August, we did see a surge of people wanting to go and get our air conditioning. But apart <laughs> from that, a lot of people were very, very happy working from home. Look, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I like the fact that we're giving our team more time in their lives. You know, they can actually spend that time they have so they're not commuting, they're not stressing. As long as they turn up at their desks and on camera and are working when they need to work um, and they're not wearing their pyjamas, then we're happy. <laughs> well, pyjamas bottom down only, maybe. Do, do you not think there's any kind of missing elements now to your business, though, because you've not got people physically face to face like you know the kind of little conversations that might happen that spurs that creativity that's not necessarily assigned to a meeting or whatever you know all businesses need to adapt and i think what we're trying to do by having people on video during the day is to try to recreate that as much as possible in addition uh, our teams are starting to meet in person you know we're starting to have occasional team lunches socially distanced have often been outside at pub gardens things like that so we're doing what we can um, but i think businesses need to understand that we have to adapt we have to evolve and i really think we've seen a decade or two of uh, business evolution happen in a matter of months and it, it's the most adaptable businesses that will survive, not necessarily the strongest. It's companies who are willing to change to say this could be the future and we can run our business in this world, in this world of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed things change and we'd love to spend more time back in in, uh, in person. What would your advice be then to businesses who are perhaps, you know, still trying to get their head around working from home or wondering whether to bring people back to the office? What would you say? I really think it's important to ask what your staff want. Um, I, I think, you know, certainly for the next year or so, no, no, no employer should be forcing their, their staff back to the office. Um, it's up to the individual to do so. As an employer, we have now, we're able to recruit people all over the world, okay? So it's as easy for me to hire a developer in Camberley or Cape Town, whereas previously there was that geographical restriction. And it means our staff as well don't have to be paying high rents to live in the southeast where we're based. They can go and we, you know, we've got people working down in Chichester, down in Poole, further down in Devon. I think companies need to hear what their staff want to do and support them in mm. that. But what about those staff, though, who are perhaps, as you mentioned, you have some staff who are in house shares or they're in a combination where they don't have uh, the aircon and suddenly when it's really hot, they, they wanted to come into the office. So 
what are you doing for them? What's your advice for businesses dealing with people who, who actually desperately want to be back in the office? Yeah, I, th I think people crave that human connection and they want to be coming back to an office to see people. There's many options available. Many serviced office providers have a corporate membership. So you know, th those employees can find a serviced office near them rather than having perhaps to travel using public transport into the centre of London. And I understand that. And, you know, we've got our office. We're committed to our current offices until early 22. So that's not going anywhere. But uh, we just don't want to force staff to do that. Wherever staff can be the most productive and contribute meaningfully and enjoy what they do, that's what employers should support. Yeah. So what do you think then um, it will mean for office space? You know, I think office space, like businesses, need to evolve. There will not be a need for hundreds of desks that go sat unused. I think what offices need to do is look at ways that they can come out of the cities and, you know, back to where the people are. Because the big challenge is commuting in these, these large cities, the time it takes. I think if people can uh, have local virtual offices and service offices that they can use um, and also provide more in the way of, uh, you know, food, have bars there, other things that will attract people to that environment. Because what we now know is people can mostly, in service industries, can mostly work from home. A lot of people have very fast broadband and a lot of companies have web-based systems. So it's possible to do it. I think we just have to learn how to do it better and how we evolve to support it going forward. Are you not worried though, Ross, that this might be a bit of a fad? Like, oh yeah, it's been great working from home, but there could come a point where actually they're sick of the dog getting in on the shot or the kids, you know, coming in from school and interrupting their meetings when they are back at school. You know, you're not worried that actually it's been quite good in many ways now, but people will have had enough and be desperate to actually get away from the house for a bit. I are uh, six months in lockdown with, with two very young children. I can relate to that desire <laughs> to get back to an office. Um, you know, being realistic, it's about individual choice. And, and for us and, you know, the, the right employers should support staff who want to do that. We'll do whatever we need to do to attract and retain the best talent to help our business grow. And I think that's what any smart business person should do. Yeah. Ross, what are your top tips then on communication when you've got your team working from home? Top tips, over-communicate. In our case, the morning and afternoon, the entire company gets together. The other thing we do, which I really recommend, is for, for a mixed environment where you have some people in an office and some people working remotely, treat them all like they're remote. So, and what that means is if they're in the office, they've got their headphones on, logged in, like the people do at home, and that way there's no side conversations. Everyone has the same experience and they're treated equally. Another thing that we did in the early days, and I think it's really important, is just getting people together, having socials. You know, in the early days, we had happy hour on Fridays. We would send gifts to our staff, cookies, drinks, things like that. Um, just reminding people we are one company, uh, we're one team, and, and it helps bring everyone together. Yeah, and, and the future, I'm keen to know as well, before I let you go, the future of online dating. What are your thoughts on that? It's just going to get bigger and bigger? It's become normalised. You know, the biggest change we've seen is actually video usage because people didn't tend to want to do video dating or video profiles. There was a time when it was a bit weird. 
But when you spend all your day on Zoom and, and or other video tools and things like that, people get very comfortable with it. So that's really interesting because I think that will make the online dating experience uh, more effective. If you can have a video call with someone rather than meeting them in person, you'll know pretty quickly whether you want to have a date in person. So I think it'll make online dating more effective, which is what everyone wants. Yeah. Ross, so lovely to chat to you and good luck with the new arrival. Lovely to talk to you too, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Have the last few months given you a chance to come up with a great business idea? Not sure where to start? Then try the Royal Bank of Scotland Business Builder. It's an online resource with everything you'll need to get your idea off the ground. From how to write a business plan to the intricacies of a cash flow forecast. It's all there. Just search Royal Bank of Scotland Business Builder. And let's make the new now together. And it's clear from what Ross was saying there, he's a big fan uh, of working from home. But I want to get a different perspective on this. So let's bring in Claire Harris, who is the founder and managing director of Talking Tables, a company that makes environmentally friendly party products, which sounds, I have to say, Claire, like great fun. Hello. Hi, Steph. Good to meet you. So just tell me then a bit about your business. So Talking Tables provides the fun stuff for when you've got your friends around, your family around, and you want to make that occasion a little bit more memorable, have some photo moments that you can share on WhatsApp or Facebook. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. I mean, it, and let's face it, that's what a lot of people have been doing, haven't they? After lockdown, having their friends around and, and family and, and, and staying at home and doing stuff. So... Just tell us a bit about how the pandemic's impacted your business then, Claire. Well, surprisingly, it's held up really well. So our instinct might be that no one could gather, but actually birthdays still happen. Humans still want to get together. So they turned to Zoom and we helped educate them how you could do a Zoom party. And actually sales of things like candles and balloons and backdrops grew during that period, because maybe mums weren't so busy, they weren't in the office, they weren't so frenetic, they could make a bit of effort and a bit of time to make those occasions extra special and share it with grandma, their sister online. Mm. So actually, in, in that real lockdown moment, we did really well with Zoom birthdays and the sales held up. And then of course, we've all turned to our gardens and we've had time together with friends. And ironically for us, it's worked really well because you couldn't go to a restaurant, you couldn't do a big function. So you've turned to doing it at home with friends and taking pleasure for the little things that yeah. make that family feeling, make it more special. And, and it's brilliant that that happened to your business, that you, you, you had this, that you, know, you managed to keep things going and, and even do well from it. So what about the impact on staff then? How did you work before and what did it mean during lockdown? We've largely all worked from an office in London. We've also got a small team in Shanghai, a small team in New York. And we've always had one or two people who work from a WeWork in, say, Leeds, or they're a designer based in Cheltenham. So we've got a level of flexibility. But our culture is about getting people together, having fun, working hard, but knowing each other, enjoying each other's company, having lunch together. So that has largely been what we've focused on, being together and working together. As soon as we came into serious lockdown, we obviously could move everyone home and everyone worked absolutely fine from home. And we all did the daily standards, we did weekly quizzes. So we really kept that spirit going during lockdown. But as a creative business, we have wanted to bring people back as far as possible, because when you're creating new products, 
you need to really study the colors, the tones, the size. And that's not easy to do when you hold up a product on, on Zoom and really know that what you're going to deliver into the stores next spring is accurate. So we are a very creative business at a product level, but also we've been driving hard, changing and pivoting to be more digital. So you have to be creative at a work level and a process level. And you can drive change working remotely, but actually that creativity from sitting beside each other, chatting in the kitchen, chatting at that desk, it creates an extra energy. It creates accidental mm. conversation. So we have, I would argue, been more agile when we're together, but quite process driven when we're working remotely. So I yeah. think you can have two styles of work and they work alongside each other. So when um, you were able to get people back into the office, were you very keen to do that? Was that kind of a company-wide thing? We want you all back. How did you approach it? We certainly encouraged it. We haven't got 100% back, but we've encouraged it because we have a responsibility for people who look after us. And I could see that a lot of our staff are in their early 20s. They're working largely in London. They're in little flats in bedrooms on their own. They look very lonely. They, you know, they couldn't get home to their family, a lot of them. So a duty of care in a way was to make sure they did have people around them. They had people to talk to. And so to a certain extent, they looked happier coming back. So yes, we encouraged it because it was a business need. Um, we had to get our product development underway and we had to get artwork underway and designs underway. Also, I think we can provide better customer service when the customer phones in, they know they're not phoning around a series of houses. So we encouraged it, but we haven't forced it. And we've got a balance of people now working, some from home, but popping in once a week, some maybe only popping in once a month. So we're really quite balanced and flexible. But for the young people who enjoy coming in to see people, we've certainly made mm -hmm. ourselves open to them and obviously made it safe to do so. Yeah. So did, did you have any resistance from people who didn't really want to come back, but felt that maybe they had to or anything like that? I would say there is a fear on that first tube journey. So I've been on the tube, I've been on the train, I've been on the bus, I've now been on an aeroplane. So I, even I felt a little nervous the first time you get on the tube. But of course, then you're on it and you think, oh, that's not much different to when I was on it before, except it's much quieter, probably much cleaner. So I say the only resistance is that first bus ride, that mm. first tube ride and then you realize gosh it's actually the world's much the same as it was before I'm really pleased to see my colleagues I enjoy catching up at lunch hearing about their weekend so no we haven't had much resistance but if there is resistance we work with them and say sure would you like to work all the time at home a bit at home and we work together to understand the nature of their role and what works for them because I do think it relates to age group you know if you're maybe a little bit older you've got a partner a dog and you're got surrounded by neighbours in a garden, and then you're very happy to have a, a home environment that backs up your work day. But if you're maybe younger and moved to a new city, your work friends are quite a lot important to you in your life. So what would your advice be then, Claire, to businesses who are having those conversations now with, with employees and, and trying to think about whether to bring them all back or have some working from home? I think you've got to look at your own culture our culture is about gather together smile it's about being together when we recruit people we recruit people for that culture so we're quite a people orientated culture we recruit people who will want to join our 
book club, our theater club, our pizza club. So we recruit people who are sociable. So almost by definition, I've got a duty of care to them to look after them and help them stay sociable and stay happy. Also, we recruit quite a lot of young people. And I'm conscious that when you're young, you learn such a lot from joining a company by watching the more older people in the company, how they operate, getting mentored from them, talking to them. And if you're in your own bedroom or in your own parents' bedroom, you're going to miss out on some mm. of those vital steps on your career on how offices operate, how older people operate, what do people do in other departments? So I think those side of things are very important. So Claire, based on what you've experienced then, what would be your top tips for you know, getting people back into the office? Obviously, number one is you have to know in your own mind and have done the checks that the environment is safe. The other thing is probably to phase it so you bring the most business critical um, staff back to the office first so there's a business justification and a logic to why you're doing it and I think you have to keep communication open consider the individuals what's their particular feelings what's their particular commute and work together to bring teams in and potentially for us once they're there make it enjoyable you know they they're happy to see their friends their colleagues it is a, a benefit that they're going to enjoy their day more having been in the office than, say, at home. Can I ask you, Claire, as well, just in terms, you know, I asked Ross about office space and things. And, and obviously, you know, it's a fair chunk of a business cost is paying for, uh, you know, where, where their offices are. So is that not something that you think perhaps, you know, you could save money from not having the office and people could work from home if you could still run the business all right? Couldn't that be somewhere to save a bit of money? Potentially, but I think one of the privileges of own, being a business owner is you want to create a culture that's a culture that you like. Mm. So part of my pleasure in developing a business and having a culture is it's a culture where I get to meet people, I enjoy people's company, um, they enjoy it. So my personal privilege in owning a company is having people that I can enjoy their company. I'm not saying it has to be that way, but for me, I think the investment in the style of space, the kind of space, the color of the wall, the color of the door is part of my pleasure in building a brand. Yeah, it kind of reflects the culture exactly, you know, the office and what it looks like. What do you think the future looks like for your industry? Because as you say, if you don't have trade shows and things like that, what are you going to do? What, what is it going to look like, do you think? I think it's a series of digital communications. So it, we may have to become like mini QVC salespeople. You know, you take your individual cushion and your individual something, and we have to become, learn some of your skills. How do we communicate through screen? It will be, we sell much more through Amazon, through our own business commercial website. So we will hope that our customers become self-serve. They come to us. So we'll just be digital communicators. Mm, yeah. I very much hope we will get back to some face-to-face -face relationship. You know, I'm an old-fashioned salesperson at heart, and I learned that you build trusted relationships through meetings, through meals together, travel. So I do worry that some of our large grocers' accounts, that if you've not had that face-to-face -face time, you, you become a commodity supplier, that actually a lot of what we do is about trust long-term understandings and that just comes 
Additionally, through face-to-face, -face, but time will tell where, if we ever get FaceTime again, and how yeah. much FaceTime and whether that's really important in a long-term big relationship. Yeah. Claire, lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. It's been amazing hearing about how you've been coping with everything and, and all the learnings from what you've been through as well. So thank you. Pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Well. That brings us to the end of the final episode of Let's Make the New Now. So thank you so much to everyone who has been listening and watching. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye-bye.